Village Fate, a novel by Michelle Deppy, narrated by Chris Polson. Chapter One. The old white van squeaked as it mounted the narrow stone bridge. Its headlamps bouncing across the road as it came down the opposite side. Grumbling over cobbled streets, the vehicle rolled past the Twins, an ancient pair of Tudor cottages on King Street. The cottages huddled behind a granite wall which bore the name of the village, Burley Cross, in antiquated script. An otherwise insignificant village, Burley Cross kept a toehold in England's history simply for standing there for time immemorial amongst forgotten fields. Burley Cross, Simon Whiston liked to say, had seen him born and bred and soonest fled, but here he was returning home like a waster. Dusk was rapidly giving way to night, and it was too late for anyone to be about as he skirted the green. His van rumbling loudly in the late summer evening against the tall, dense trees. Standing at odds were the crumbling old church and the George and Dragon pub, which had always closed early on Mondays and apparently still did. A weak light glowed in the post office. An end-of-season sailboard was propped in the window of Goodchild's shop. Then came the half-empty row, a handful of shops and offices in the old mews. Unexpectedly, Simon warmed with affection as he drove by the familiar shop fronts, but he smirked at the abandoned estate agents. The village's stone cottages, expansive Victorian houses, and farms all sheltered more or less the same families as they'd always done. London commuters bound for Victoria or Waterloo East Station were efficiently based in Maidstone, a dozen country miles distant. In a blink, he'd driven through the village. Grinning, he shook his head. Growing up, his whole world had been encompassed here, barely a wide spot in a road used for going somewhere else. Leaving the village proper, the road lengthened up a hill towards a thick border of beach crowned by the expansive night sky. As Simon's headlights swept around the first bend, his memory filled in Stanley Pugh's apple orchard, hidden in the shadows beyond the hedge. Instantly, the familiar scene changed. Simon stood on the brakes. The tires screamed into the darkness. The van's bumper scarcely missing a white, wolf-like creature that darted into the road. The silvery beast crossed the lane and disappeared into a break in the opposite hedgerow. Then something even more fantastic. A woman appeared, running in the creature's wake. The van's headlamp shimmered against her scarlet gown. Her long blonde hair was glazed by moonlight. In a suspended moment, both the wolf-like creature and the woman were gone. What the? Simon sat motionless, his mind replaying the scene. Baffled, he shifted the van and drove on. Simon's vehicle crept beneath the winding, grassy verges. As the road levelled, his eyes swept back and forth, lest a wild animal pursued by an equally wild woman should again materialise in his path. A curve to the right, a soft left, and then the old farmhouse swung into view. He turned onto the gravel drive, followed its arc away from the house, and parked the van beside his father's old workshop. The lantern by the farmhouse door spilled out a weak golden pool of light, but the house stood quiet. Simon eased slowly out of the driver's seat, his torso retaining the shape of a prawn. As his feet touched the stone, he steadied himself by gripping the steering wheel. Best to come back later for his kit.
His body clenched in pain, but he sucked in a deep breath and forced his shoulders to straighten. The drive from London had been a bit much. Nonetheless, no stooping allowed. He shuffled, his hips sending hot shards of complaint up and down his sides. Simon stopped for a moment. Twenty-nine, but feeling nigh on ninety, he'd learned the value of moving slowly on bad days. Having to go at a pensioner's pace flooded him with a sense of defeat, but his body quietened, the pain stabbed a little less sharply, and he imagined he was walking quite normally as he came to the front of the house. Trudging onto the low porch, he drew his childhood key from his pocket, turned the lock, and stepped through the old oak door.